thanks to our sponsor Nintex. If you could score an extra hour or two back in your day, would you take it? Because our friends over at Nintex want to give you a gift. The gift of time. Seriously, if you haven't checked out what Nintex has to offer lately, you definitely should. The platform built on Azure has evolved a lot. In just the past few months, the Nintex team has added new process mapping capabilities and most recently, a new eSign capability called Nintex Sign, powered by Adobe Sign. Nintex also continues to revolutionize products you know and trust, including Nintex Workflow and Forms. With the power of Nintex, it is faster and easier for you to configure, not code, giving you valuable time back every day to sprint it however you want. Test drive the Nintex Process Cloud at Nintex.com. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 400. Today, AC and I celebrate 400 episodes, recorded live, 11th of March, 2021. This episode is brought to you by Avpoint. If you like the Cloud Show, you will love the Shift Happens podcast with Microsoft MVP and Regional Director, Dux Raymond Sai. Each week, Dux talks with one of the industry's brightest stars about their most challenging modern workplace or digital transformation projects. He uncovers the players, organizational hurdles, and last-minute surprises that inevitably arise when ambitious people try to impact their workplace. Season 1 features FedEx, Wells Fargo, Heathrow Airport, United Airlines, and other industry leaders. Go to www.avpoint.com forward slash blog forward slash shift happens or search for the hashtag shift happens that's one word hashtag shift happens wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe today this episode is sponsored by sharegate sharegate's got your back after helping thousands of customers move to office 365 they've learned that success in the cloud involves more than just migration that's why they've created sharegate apricot an automated governance platform for Microsoft Teams and Microsoft 365 groups. With Sharegate Apricot, you get full visibility across each team's lifecycle from creation all the way through to archival. You can automate manual tasks involved in identifying problem areas like inactive or orphaned teams and collaborate with team owners on corrective measures to help keep your teams tidy and secure. That's why they've combined Sharegate Desktop, their trusted migration and content management tool, with Sharegate Apricot in a single subscription so that you have everything you need to be successful in the Microsoft Cloud. This podcast is brought to you by Raygun. Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy application experience for your customers? With Raygun Application Performance Monitoring, you have all the information you need at your fingertips to find and fix errors and performance problems across your tech stack down to the line of code. With Raygun, monitor the impact of your performance improvements, quickly identify and resolve issues, and see how your code performs in the hands of your customers, saving you time, money, and sanity. I've personally used Raygun and Hyperfish for the last four years to help me sleep better at night knowing the customers we've worked so hard to get are having a great experience. We use Raygun to alert engineers proactively so that we can be the ones to tell customers when we've fixed the problem instead of them calling us to say something's wrong. Raygun.com is my secret weapon in shipping high-quality code. Check it out at raygun.com and get up and running in minutes. And now, back to the show. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> the best part. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while now. And I think the funniest thing just happened to us where recording the intro, I think we had to take like five takes and we haven't had to do that since our first take back in October of 2013 or whenever we started this. So, 
Yeah, I don't know what it was. The pressure got to me. <laughs> First up, I decided it was our 500th episode <laughs> anniversary and balked up the recording on that one. Then I choked a few times. Four or five attempts later, I finally spat one out that made any sense. It was like we were doing it for the first time. It was pretty hilarious, really. It was. We did our first episode in October of 2013. That was 2,696 days ago. And I think we've recorded the intro more times in our 400th episode than we did it for any single episode before this. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was like going back in time, I suppose. But hey, we've made it to episode 400. That is a crazy milestone. For those listeners who are kind of new to the show or haven't listened for a while, obviously you realize we're at 400 because we, you know, episode 400. It's in the title. <laughs> but yeah, like as you mentioned, AC, we've been doing this since October 2013, I think you said. Mm-hmm. That's a really long time. And for the most part, so how many episodes? We've done 400 and how many years? Seven and a bit years? Uh, well, 200, 2000, would there be seven in, yeah, seven and a quarter, seven and a half? Was it October, November, December, and three? So it's almost seven and a half years. Okay, so say it was seven and a half years, that's 53 episodes per year. That's, hey man, I know a couple times we did a couple episodes like the week of a major conference and we skipped a week here and there because of various things that were going on. We've each flown solo a couple times, a couple episodes in the past where we've done these special centennial episodes where we've, um, we handed it over to our wives one time. We took recordings from friends. I think the last time we did with 300 for 200, we did some other stuff where people picked up favorite episodes and recorded some stuff and sent it to us. And we did a contest where we donated, I think we donated an Xbox to two different people. Yep. But it was uh, two Xboxes, one to each of two different people. But I mean, yeah, it's been, I never, when we decided to do this, I can't remember the, I, my memory doesn't serve me right now to, to remind me of how we decided to start doing this, why we decided to start doing this. But I definitely remember when we like launched the show and when we started sharing it with other people that we were doing this. And yeah, it- if memory serves correctly, and you know, the passage of time has uh, made this all a little bit fuzzy. But if I remember correctly, I asked you about doing a podcast. I said, hey, do you want to start a podcast? I, God knows where I got the idea from. I have no idea. I can't remember. And I believe initially you said no. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. If, if memory serves correctly, if I, yeah, I think you said no. And then I think a few weeks later, perhaps, like maybe a month or six weeks later or something like that, you came back and said, you know, yeah, I would be interested. It was probably one of those, you probably had too much on at the time and it was just another thing. And then, you know, you got time to go away and think about it. And then uh, I don't remember when we had that discussion though, but yeah, it wasn't until October that we started the show in 2013. And also, if memory serves correctly, I think we recorded four or five episodes mm-hmm. ahead of time mm-hmm. and then started releasing them. So, yeah, we're probably a, a little um, earlier than that when we actually started meeting to record. But, yeah, in, in that time, I think we got we got a website stood up. I can't remember if we launched the show with the website or what we did. Honestly, I don't remember that far back. But, yeah. Seven and a half years ago. Crazy. It is crazy. It's, it really is nuts to me that we go that, that it's gone that far back. I never would have said that, that I would have kept doing this, especially seeing a lot of people that we knew in the same space and the, you know, the Microsoft 365 slash Office 365 space. I guess we, 
this almost predates Microsoft. Well, no, it doesn't predate Microsoft Office 365. But a lot of the people that we knew that were doing podcasts about that time, you know, they weren't, a couple of them are still doing shows, but they're not doing the same ones they were doing before. They picked, they stopped for a long time mm-hmm. and they picked it up again and different people involved right. and stuff. So, I mean, we're, I got I think that we're one of the longer, one of the longest running ones. I mean, I'd have to go like put us in the category. I don't think I'm tooting my own horn too much, but going back to like what .NET Rocks and the Run His Radio with Carl Franklin. Yeah, they've been going a long time. Yeah, and Richard yeah. Campbell. I mean, they've been going longer than us, but I don't sure. know. There's many people that have been going long, long that have been going longer than us, at least in the space. I know there's there are yeah. people. I'm not saying that we're the only ones, but I never would have guessed that we would have been doing this this, this long. Never would have done. I was just I was having a bit of a chuckle as as you were saying that. I just thought, you know. We've lasted longer than most marriages. Mm. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> that's really scary. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's too funny. So um, speaking of old episodes, though, I want us to have a moment and reminisce on just how awful we were back in episode one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. This is going to be painful. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode one, where we will introduce the podcast. the Microsoft Cloud Show, the only place to stay up to date on everything going on in the Microsoft Cloud world, including Windows Azure, Office 365, Exchange, Link, and other related technologies. Just the information, no marketing, no BS. I'm Andrew Connell. And I'm Chris Johnson. And we're just two dudes telling you how we see it. All right, here we go, starting our first podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> so, guess we can introduce ourselves real quick. Um, this is Andrew Connell talking. And this is Chris Johnson. So in this show, what we wanted to uh, cover here is we wanted to just kind of explain what this, um, uh, what this podcast is going to be about. All right. So this episode is fairly brief, just explaining what the whole thing is and what we want to accomplish it and how, do we, um, how it came about and how it's different from other shows that are out there. So uh, I guess uh, one of the things we want to uh, first go through, and it's kind of jumping around here, is the how did this whole podcast come about? So uh, I guess you you probably have a little bit more insight into this because uh, you're the one that was more of a driver of this on the get-go. Yeah, I think um, you know, I started listening to some pod shows this year, and uh, a couple in particular that that I uh, that I'm a regular listener of, and uh, it just sort of hit me one morning. I thought, well, why don't I why don't I bug AC and see if uh, see if you want to go ahead and and uh, collaborate on this together? And I thought, you know, I, I like the format of these shows that I was listening to, and and uh, and you actually recommended uh, one of those to me, and I thought I'm I'm sure there's something we can do here that'll be of value to everyone. Uh, so uh, you know, so I talked to you about it, and uh, and we went back and forth a little bit on what the format would be and all that sort of stuff, and uh, I think we've got a really cool cool idea. So. Um, Looking forward to putting out a few shows and and uh, and and building up a good listener base and covering some cool topics. Yeah. Oh my god! And there you have it. That that was so awkward to listen to. That was. I think I would. <laughs> what is a pod show? I don't know. But, what is a pod? <laughs> you know, we've come a long way from reading our scripts that we wrote. <laughs> <laughs> As mayor of the city, I hereby declare. Yeah, we were just. Oh man. It was brutal. It really was. Episode one. Episode one. I remember we sat down and we recorded that together 
We recorded a couple shows together. Sorry, we've recorded all of them together, I guess. But we recorded a few shows ahead of time and we launched a handful of shows at the same time so that when the, when the podcast went live, it wouldn't be like just one episode and then wait for the next episode. So there are like four or five episodes yeah. that came out. That was episode one, the one that we just listened to. I have no idea what a pod show is. Yeah. Uh, we've come quite a long way, though, with that. And then we did yeah. we did two introductory shows, uh, part one and part two, where we introduced me and then we introduced you. And then we did like something about where we talked about SharePoint conferences in episode four. And then I remember like it went on to like episode six is when we were sitting in Las Vegas. I was helping co-chair a conference for somebody. And when you put on a conference and like at a hotel, part of the package you get is, you know, the people who put the conference on they get like sweets and they get some other, not sweets, like, you know, the little treats that you eat, but like sweets, like a hotel yeah, room. Yeah, like a sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the conference that I was, I was helping be a co-chair to help run the SharePoint side of it with Dan Holm, who's now at Microsoft. And they gave, the people who were doing the conference, they gave us a suite. We had a two-story, like something like. It was smoking. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Like 3,000 square feet. Sweet at the MGM Grand. And we had a bunch of friends over yeah. and we just put the microphone like right on a table, like going, let's just. Let's shoot the breeze. That's episode six. That's yeah, that suite was pretty awesome. Didn't it have a pool table in it? Something like that. Oh, no, that was mine at SharePoint Conference one year. I had a pool table. Foosball. That was wild. We had foosball table. Foosball, that's right. Yeah. We had butlers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, I vividly remember recording that. I suppose that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I can remember it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, just how awkward were we in that episode? Like, we just really didn't have the, I guess people could say, you still don't have the flow. <laughs> yeah. I certainly felt like we didn't have the flow at the time. And, you know, hopefully 399 episodes later, we're slightly more fluid with our discussions and things like that. Actually, that's, you know, that's one of the things that's really struck me about a lot of the comments we've had over the years is that we're fairly unstructured mm -hmm. and they like it mm -hmm. in a good, you know, it's in a good way. We've had people complain, you guys talk too much up front, there's blah, 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 too much banter, just get into the meat and potatoes. But then the flip side is we've had loads of people that have also said, please keep that. That's the stuff I really enjoy, just sort of everyday mm -hmm. shooting the breeze kind of stuff. And um, and so we've stuck with the, I think we've pretty much stuck with the format, the same sort of format through the 400. I know we we put a bit more rigor around having like, Banter up front, news, and the picks. I don't know when we started doing the picks. Yeah, I don't remember that. But yeah, I can't remember when we started doing the picks. But yeah, we sort of broke it out into those sections. Yeah, I think I know that. So we've got we got a handful of comments, very few, but we I bet we've gotten five or so, even on the ones on iTunes, maybe ten of people who've complained about, ah, you know, if you, if you could skip the first 20 minutes, that's where the real content really starts. It's like, well, hey, those yeah. people who listen to the show, you might as well shut this one off because there's no news in this show. <laughs> yeah. We're just shooting the break. We In the past, we've done those like special episodes when we have a centennial mark. And this one, it was just like kind of cards on the table. We both, or at least I've been quite distracted with a bunch of different stuff. And it's been hard to kind of pull something special together for 400. But I just thought, let's just take advantage of that this 400 and let's kind of reminisce and talk about some yeah. things with the show and everything. So the thing that's really neat about it, and I think that one of the things, people have commented on this, that one of the things that I like about it and what I like that other people like about it is that this is very much who you and I are. I mean, this is just, there's no, yeah. we record, we, we very rarely 
have parts of the show that are cut out or edited. Everything, when we start recording, with the exception of the intro of episode 400, we have, we start recording, we just go. And we, it's our, the guy that we've, you know, we went from when I was mixing the show down to we've had a couple different people help us mix it. And we now have a fantastic guy that does it after his, the guy right before him, I guess, retired or stopped doing shows and handed his studio over to Marco, who's doing it, which is kind of funny because Marco actually does many of the other podcasts that are our peers that end up doing shows. Like I know Jason Himmelstein and John White, their bifocal podcast, they use them and so does the MS uh, IT Pro Cloud Show. They do it as well. Ben and Scott. Yeah. The first mention of picks, I just looked it up. The first mention of the picks that I can find is in episode 180. Wow. Which was on the 7th of February, 2017. I think we were doing them, but we sort of made it a whole segment. Yeah. You know, at the end of the show, we do the picks. Yeah. And we made that a standalone segment back then. Did, so, yeah. So most of our shows are average right around like, an hour. Sometimes go very long. We sometimes cut it a little bit short, but most of our shows average about an hour. At the end of this show, that is over 16 and a half days of content. (laughs) We've spoken for over two weeks constantly. Well, 24 hours a day. While we were recording, we do a bunch of, we shoot the breeze quite a bit prior to the show. (laughs) Yeah, there's stuff outside of that for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That's a lot of talking. Yeah. But you know, I don't know about you, but I've had questions over the years from people saying, how do you keep doing it every week? What motivates you to do it? Why do you do it? And the best answer I've got for them is I get to shoot the breeze with a good friend of mine for an hour once a week. Mm -hmm. And that keeps me sane and motivated and interested in other topics. And like you and I work on different things in our day jobs and our in our lives. We live on opposite sides of the country. Mm-hmm. You're in a red state. I'm in a blue state. Well, you're almost a blue state now, but anyway. I'm, I'm purplish. Let's not go there. Purplish. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, we're also quite purple. But, you know, it's differently, it's a different kind of, we run very different lives. And yet we get this moment every week where we get to come together, yeah. not just at conferences, right, and talk about what's going on in each other's lives. And then start recording as well. So we we usually have a bit of a personal catch up beforehand. And mm-hmm. man, you're not going to believe what's going on here and there and what have you, what have you. Or yeah, we shoot the breeze about each other's businesses mm-hmm. and ideas and things like that. And it gives us it gives me a sort of a moment every week that sort of centers my week in some ways. You know, it does that for me as well. And I think that the I get the same question about you know why do you end up doing it? And I, this kind of this goes into another topic that I was gonna that I wanted to bring up with you too that we want to talk about. What do you like about doing this? What do you dislike about doing it? And mm. like for me, I think one of the things I like about it, or one of the reasons, and to answer the question, like, you know, how do you keep doing this? Yeah, you I mean, be honest. Yeah, I've had thoughts about going, have we kind of run our course with this? You know, is this just kind of a yeah. burden to do this thing? I mean, you know, one side of me says every once in a while, I'm like, you know, well, we have sponsorships and we have some great sponsors over the years that have helped us put this show on and and to make it possible. And you know, I kind of feel, sometimes I feel a little bit of guilt, like, oh, if I decide we're going to cancel this and we got to turn around and figure out like how much did they pay for? And we got to, you know, do we have to refund yeah. their money and stuff. And it, that's not why, that's not why I would say that I would, I would not do it. But the thing I keep going back to is, well, I got to keep doing it because I don't want to go to CJ and say, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I show up because <laughs> you're doing it. And even if you felt the same way, you know, we kind of both have this thing of like, it's almost like an accountability mirror. Like, this is something that sure, I do every sure. single week with a couple exceptions. Same with you. This is something we yep. do every single week. And I really enjoy like talking about the news that's in our business 
in our field of in our profession that we do. Yeah. I like when I talk to somebody else and they're like, well, I wonder what CJ would say. I'm like, oh, I'm right in tune with him on this one. I know ex- I don't agree with him or I do agree with him, but I know exactly what he's thinking yeah. on this. Right, right. It's fun. I like doing it. And it it's a, yeah. it's not a, it, I, uh, it definitely isn't like an ego stroker or anything like that. It'd be like, you know, you guys have a podcast where you see somebody at a conference like going, oh, you guys at the cloud show. Like going, ah, that, we record something, we get somebody to put it together and we publish an MP3. Like this isn't, it isn't that hard. Anybody could do this. That's a pretty weird feeling though, right? When somebody does say something at a show like that and and um, it's nice in some respects, but it's also like, whoa, <laughs> real people listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But um, I love that aspect of just getting together every week and doing it. And look, like, yeah, we've had our ups and downs for sure. Like, you know, when one of us is off, the other one can be on or, you know, I don't think we've hit many double lows, like where we've both been really bummed about it. But, you know, you go through different periods of your of your life and different things are going on and each of us are busy doing different things at different times and all that sort of stuff. And so sometimes, yeah, my mind is not on the podcast until 15 minutes before we record, mm-hmm. you know, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. I'll be thinking about other things going on or or whatnot. And I imagine you're similar in, mm-hmm. in, in some times. Absolutely. I guess it's, it's quite good in that you know, when one of us is not feeling great about it, the other one can tow the other one along. Yeah. There's a lot of times when one of us will show up and we definitely, and we're definitely in a, we, our mind is somewhere else. I mean, look at the stuff that's been going on between the, you know, the two of us. Just, just focus on a job thing. I mean, when we started doing this in 2013, mm-hmm. I was just a few months out of selling my interest in a business that I was involved in with in a partnership I was that's in with right. somebody else. And then, I think you were, I don't know if you were at Microsoft or if you had left Microsoft from the first time you were at Provoke. I had left Microsoft for the first time. I was at Provoke and it wasn't until, well, I guess, yeah, some, when did I go back to Microsoft? End of 20, oh, I forget now. Mm. It would have been in 20, early 2014, maybe, something like that. It wasn't long after that that I went back to Microsoft. Well, and you and I, and then we we were doing something together on the side. Oh, here we go. Episode 22, Chris Johnson goes back to Microsoft. Oh, yeah. We were like, we thought, <laughs> we actually thought that that was going to hurt the show. Like, we were going to have a hard time doing this and you were going to be able to keep being yeah. your honest self. And how are we going to, how are we going to be able March, to, to go through this? March 25th, 2014. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then I left again at the end of 2015. So, yeah, it was, um, was it 2015? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, a lot of a lot of conferences behind us. A lot of it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot doing this. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about recording and audio stuff. That it's it can be a lot more complicated than you think it is. <laughs> but it still to this day does not seem like a really really great way to record multi person podcasts. With the following requirements, really ridiculously good audio, Mm -hmm. so like lossless uh, recording in WAV format locally, Mm -hmm. multiple people as part of it, Mm -hmm. all being able to listen and hear, you know, hear each other and also recording with video. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we, we record locally, each of us record locally, but we've gone through different iterations of this Mm -hmm. and we've always come back to recording locally and then using Zoom, or I think we started off on Skype or something like that Maybe, yeah. for doing the video initially. Mm-hmm. There's still, there's been platforms we've tried a few during our time, but we will come back to just recording locally and doing this. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, both of us, we, we both use Audition, Adobe Audition, Adobe CC Audition, and we record our, our waves uh, locally. But, and that is 99% of the time that's what is used to produce the show. We do have a guy, a guy named Marco, who's fantastic, that we send him 
the raw stuff and he puts the show together. He puts the intro together. He puts the the sponsors where we ask him to put those in. He does the music and the overdubbing. Make sure everything sounds good so that we don't sound terrible. Every once in a while, like when we have a guest on, it does get a little complicated because we want, it would be great if we if they would do the same thing that we're doing, but we've asked them to do that and it can just get, that gets tough. So it, we just say, look, just connect to Zoom and we'll just do the, let Zoom record it. We'll give him the Zoom file and let just strip the video off of it and just keep the audio and it's all good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it, speaking of which, it does bring me to one of my lows on the show. Speaking about audio recording, mm. we're going to talk about episodes that we really liked and then moments where we've just gone, oh God, that was terrible. One really stands out to me. And it was an episode where I was doing a interview. It wasn't with Donovan Brown. It was with... Taylor Brown. Taylor Brown. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're right. And so we're recording the show and I'm doing the interview and things are going really well. You weren't on it for some reason. I can't remember where, where you were, maybe to show it. It was in a hotel room in Boston. Oh, really? Okay. I don't remember that part. Anyway, so start the interview, going really well. He's nailing it. We're talking about containerization and Windows and virtualization and things like that, if memory serves correctly. And about 25 minutes into the interview, I look down and I just have this, oh shit moment. (laughs) And I realize I'm not recording any of this. (laughs) (laughs) Like like anything. Anything. None of it. The little record button wasn't showing and I just had to stop him halfway through it and say, I've really screwed up or I've completely screwed this up. I'm not recording it. We'd love to record this with you again at some stage. And he said, well, what about now? I think he said something like that. And we're like, okay. And so I hit record. We started from the beginning and he just absolutely nailed it. It's like he was supposed to repeat exactly what he said. That was really, we finished, I remember we finished and got off the show and you and I were like, did our after show thing. We chatted, I'm like, holy crap, he nailed that. He like that, totally repeated yeah. it. Yeah, how did that happen? That was crazy. Yep. And um, that was probably one of my lowlights, I suppose. There were a couple of episodes at Ignite where I, I was extraordinarily hungover <laughs> from various parties and things like that at conferences. I think it was Ignite. Gosh, I can't even remember. But yeah, that one was a was definitely a uh, a podcast lowlight for me. I think that my I think mine for that, as far as a lowlight goes, in terms of like there was two. And both, one of them was, I didn't realize it until after the fact. And then one of them was, we realized it during the show. So I remember, we realized it after the fact when I interviewed Arpan Cha from Microsoft and my recorder was somehow (laughs) screwing up to where it would, every time that he would say something, like every few seconds, it was like it would go, it would jump back and re-record that again. But then also it made Mm -hmm. him, like his sound came across like he was, Speaking like a, like, chip, a chipmunk. like a chipmunk. Yeah. And yeah. I remember I came back and I was like, CJ, take a listen to this. I don't know if we can use this, but you know Arpon better. Is this something that we can use or do we have to throw this out? And he's like, you said, we can't let this go out with Arpon on. So I was like, all right. So we gave it to our, our guy. I was like, going, hey, can you do something with this? And he did it. He totally nailed it. And I'm just like, oh my God, this guy is an absolute magician. Massive save. Massive save. Yeah, that was pretty good. What about highlights? What do you think about on the opposite side of... Oh, no, I have one more. I'm going to stay on the bad side. Okay, okay. Oh, you've got another one? Wow. This is kind of like a highlight. I'll never forget this. You and I were both in on this one. When 
So I'm putting all the episodes we're mentioning, we're putting in the show notes. So if you guys want to go back and listen to them and go like, oh, that's what happened behind the scenes. I will never forget, right after one of the build conferences, we interviewed in episode 199, uh, Rima Naimi, about Cosmos DB. And when we recorded that, we learned inadvertently that the Microsoft Surface, like Surface 2, Surface 3, whatever it was, that it is a crap machine for recording podcasts. Because what it would do is whenever the person was talking, the microphone would like it would hijack it the audio to where we couldn't hear what her we couldn't hear her talking in a consistent mm. way. It was like very, very it was like the worst cell phone very um, choppy. conversation you could possibly have. So mm. CJ and I would ask a question or we would say something and then she would respond and she'd start talking and go off and like talk for like, you know, for a couple of minutes. And you and I are texting on the side, and I'm like, I can't hear anything she's saying. And you're like, I can't either. I'm like, do we just keep going with it? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and we're sitting there using like like hand signals. We were on video, she wasn't. And we're doing like hand signals, and we're just like, I think she's done answering a question. Okay, just go with another question. And so if you listen yeah. to the interview, you don't hear us kind of have a question for Rima as a follow-up to what she had just said, because we couldn't hear it when we were doing the recording. We just kept yeah. going with it. And yeah. it was like, we finished the episode. We stopped the recording. I'm like, I cannot wait to listen to this episode because I have no idea what, what she said. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That was, I mean, it worked, but boy, it was, I don't know, we pulled a cat out of the bag on that one, I think. That was very stressful for me. That one was very, very stressful. I don't know if people noticed. I think we talked about it in an episode after that or I don't know, but I remember briefly discussing it on the show, I think. It was really interesting to listen to it for the first time <laughs> because... <laughs> of it. I had no idea what was being said. All of our listeners, when you guys heard it for the first time, that's when CJ and I heard it because we didn't get it. We couldn't listen to it. Yeah. So those, whenever we come back and someone's like, well, what's the most memorable episodes that you have? Even though we had an opportunity to interview some really great people and we had some great experiences, those two, the one that you highlighted and the one that I highlighted, those are the two that always stick out to me as the ones that are just the, the experiences that I cannot, I will never forget. Yep. Yeah, no, fair enough. How about highlights? What do you think were some of your, do you have particular episodes that you feel really stood out as, wow, that was really cool? I do. I think that the one that is, I struggle with this, right? Because I feel like the one that we did with with um, Scott Guthrie was like the biggest coup that we were able to make happen. And it was yeah. so, yeah, definitely. as nervous as I was, it was the most chill, easy. Like once we started talking, I was like, this is a piece of cake. This guy's awesome to talk to. Yeah, just flowed. That's the big name one. But I'll tell you, there is one episode that stands out to me that I remember finishing it and just being in pain from laughing so hard during the whole thing. It was episode, oh, I wrote it down here. It was episode 128 with Todd Clint, where huh. we did a recap of the future of SharePoint from 2016. And then we talked about SharePoint Server 2016 with Todd Clint. And I remember getting off that episode and going like, that was by far the most fun I've ever had doing a podcast. And just, I laughed. I felt like I laughed nonstop during that show. That was, Todd was absolutely That's hilarious. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you? I think it's all about guests, right? Oh, yeah. Guests that we've had on the show. Yeah, we're boring. Obviously. <laughs> Sorry? So you and I yeah. are boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just really interesting ones, right? And um, so I think, you know, Scott Guthrie was really interesting just because how easy it was to talk to. The topics we talked about at the time were really interesting at the time as well, how it all just came together. That was a real highlight. I think the best guest that we've had on the show, though, was 
Jeff Teeper. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm not just saying that because he used to work for him, but <laughs> his show earlier this year... 377. We'll find it and get the episode. Three Was it 377, was it? Yeah, there you go. So it's back in... Oh, sorry, late last year, so September 2020. I think that was one of the most memorable for me, partially because of my short-term memory, but also because it wasn't just about the tech, but we got a really good glimpse and insight into how Microsoft made such big drastic changes in the way they worked so quickly during coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And um, it was different. It wasn't just talking to them about what, what are your team working on and what are the cool things. It was... Yeah, we did a little bit of that with the Ignite recap stuff, but a lot of it was just talking about how the world got turned upside down mm -hmm. and how the technology industry catered to that and what Microsoft had done. And and it, it was great because he'd just stepped into the job earlier that year and the world was flipped on its head. Mm -hmm. I found it was really interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we, we've interviewed him twice. I interviewed him once when at the end of Ignite in Atlanta, that was an awesome interview. But then the other one, the one that we did this past year, you're right. That's a really good one to call out because it wasn't about the tech. Like everything else that we've, almost all the other interviews we've done that have been highlight interviews, sat down with Julia White at Ignite, sat down with Alex Simons yeah. from the identity team at Microsoft, Scott Guthrie. But all of those were tech related and all of those were like Microsoft related. And this was yeah. Microsoft related, but it wasn't a, it wasn't an episode to where we were trying to really find out, you know, talk more about this tech that you're doing and stuff, but it was more like, well, what is it, what's it been like to be mm. in your role when the world, when all of our worlds got turned upside down, but you guys too have been, you know, you've had a big, I don't want to say target. I'm going to use the word target, but I don't mean it like a target on your back, but you've got a lot of eyes on you on what you're doing because you are helping to facilitate business while it's all getting turned upside down. Yeah. Almost a year ago to the day that we're recording this. When things really started to change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Our kids just celebrated their, well, celebrated, commiserated their one year out of school just the other day, earlier this week. It, Another one that stood out for me was the interview we did with Jeffrey Snover. Oh, yeah. Back in episode 261, we talked about Azure Stack and all sorts of things, but he was a real character, yeah. right? He had a lot of interesting things to say in that episode. He's the sort of the founder or whatever you want to call it of PowerShell, mm -hmm. for example. And he's done all sorts of stuff. And he was getting into he was getting into Azure storage and he was working on Azure Stack at the time. And I just remember it being a very fluid conversation, I guess. We talked about lots of interesting things, mm. not just, you know, what was in the description. Yeah, it was. I mean, we even did I remember even finishing that show and doing some stuff like off the record that he shared. That we can't, I'm not going to go into it, but I remember he, we finished that. And then he, when he finally clicked off, you and I, our eyes were like saucers, like, oh my God. <laughs> it's a cool, yeah, he was, a cool, that stuff's, it's a cool experience. It's a really cool experience. Yeah, definitely. But So I think, I don't know about you, but for me, it's it's felt like community, the folks in the community that we've had on multiple times as well. Like Jason Himmelstein, Mark Rackley, Laura Rogers. Mark Anderson, Julie Turner. Mark Anderson. Paul yeah, exactly. Yep. Then we've had the folks from Microsoft, like Adam Harmitz and Aaron Rimmer was, has been on. Dan Holm. Omar Shaheen. Mm -hmm. Sorry? Uh, Dan Holm. Yep. They're all, actually from all around Microsoft. Then we've had folks from the community outside of our world, like Troy Hunt was another highlight mm -hmm. for me that 
back at episode 296 where we talked about Have I Been Pwned? And Quran. Yeah, so it's really a, and then there's obviously the episodes we do without guests and things like that, but I really think it's the, the folks that we've had on and the and the people we've brought together that are the shows that I've really enjoyed the most. Yeah, I agree. We do the news shows. We Look, when we sat down, we we didn't really, we, we kind of had a plan for what we were going to do, but we didn't have too much of a plan. And over the years, CJ and I have, I'll share a little bit of inside baseball. Maybe I should have talked to you about this before we, uh, before we did this, but hey, you know what? This is what we do. We kind of throw things out there. CJ and I have, have talked a couple times about, should we, let's level the show up. Let's formalize it a little bit. Let's try and make things a little more official. And every time we do this, it seems to always happen around a night and a bottle of wine. And it never ends up, maybe three bottles. But it never, <laughs> it never ends up, we never end up kind of like carrying through on that stuff. And I think, you know, yeah. part of it is the fact that, I mean, yeah, you and I do have primary jobs that we do, but yeah. that's not, I've thought about it more and more over the last couple of months. And I just, I wonder if that's, for us, I just wonder, it's like, that's not what this show is. I mean, that's not what's made the mm-hmm. show what it is today. And we could level it mm-hmm. up and we could try and make this thing, you know, a little more significant and everything and try and broaden our reach and everything. And we and we, we do, we always try and do that. But one part of me just kind of says, yeah, that's not who we are, though. And that's not what the show is. And I, yeah. I worry if we do that, if it's going to mess things up. And you see, like, we get those emails from some customers. Oh, yeah, we go through our job is to market podcasts. Like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, so here's one thing. One thing I, I wish we could do better. And that's, you know, we go through fits and starts on this, right? So, like, not mic fits, but we go through periods of, <laughs> we go through periods of being really motivated by this. And then we go through lulls. And the one thing I do wish we could do a bit better is more frequent, regular interviews lined up. Yeah. We go through these periods where we do a bunch of them, and then there's periods where we don't do many at all. Mm-hmm. And this year has been extremely challenging because of COVID and no conferences. And so periodically, you know, well, not periodically, in the past, we would have gone to conferences, we would have lined up a bunch of interviews, and then they would have come out as series, sorry, as episodes over the preceding weeks sometimes or days at least. And they gave us those times where we got quite organized about conferences. Mm-hmm. This past year has been quite tricky in that regard. And so, yeah, that's one thing I wish we could work on as a podcast is to be a bit more regular with that and have a backlog of guests lined up and, and a recording schedule and things like that. But that's, you know, because really at the moment it's pretty ad hoc, right? That's what we we go, hey, I've got somebody we should go talk to and we, we go do it. You're right, it is. But I'm going back and I'm looking at our show notes right now. And the ones that stand out to us, the majority, like over 70% of the ones that stand out to us, the thing they share in common, they're in-person interviews when you and I are sitting there with the person. Yeah, that's true. Like sitting when we're sitting yeah. at a conference and we got to sit with Ryan Duguid a couple times. We've done that a few times. And that was Arpon and that was Troy Hunt. And that was Jeff Teeper. Well, not this year, Jeff Teeper, but the first Jeff Teeper one. And Alex sure. Simons, Simons and Julia White and Guthrie, Scott, Scott Guthrie. Person. Taylor yeah. Brown, not the one that we screwed the recording up on, but the other one that we did at, at a conference. But yeah. Those, yeah. I agree with you. I would like to have more of those scheduled interviews, but it does seem like you get a better experience when you're with that individual instead of trying yeah. to do it like remotely. For sure. For sure. And you know, the one interview <laughs> I really want to snag that we haven't, in fact, we haven't really even tried, in all fairness, is Satya. I'm torn on this. <laughs> Really? I don't know what my grail is. Like, what's your holy grail of interviews that you want to hit for this show? Oh. I think I know what mine is. I would Mm. love 
to have a conversation with Bill Gates, but I also think that I would get, I wouldn't, wouldn't keep up. Like it wouldn't be, Yeah, I hear people who interview him. I hear interviews that he does on uh, like non-tech shows, which I know he's not, he's, he folk, what his interest is, is not the same, is not what this show is. But mm. I hear those interviews and I'm like, nope, I'd love to do it. But I'd love, I'd love to be capable of doing an interview that would keep up with him. And I don't, yeah, and I'm not. I'm not sure I'm smart enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if the opportunity came along, I'd definitely say yes. Bill, if you're listening, we can talk about, I've got a few questions about the beginning of SharePoint because I know that he was very instrumental in SharePoint's very early days and you know, still obviously keeps, keeps an eye on things around Office 365 and all that. But he was instrumental in Windows SharePoint services and SharePoint portal server days mm-hmm. for those products getting off the ground and was instrumental in deciding on WSS being separate from portal server and its licensing model as part of Windows server and all that. Those were a lot of his calls or he was involved in those calls, I should say. So yeah, there's definitely some some sort of backstory stuff I'd love to get from him on the early days of Microsoft and the early days of SharePoint and things like that early days of Office, but then obviously the new things. Well, we both just finished his book, mm. his How to Avoid a Climate Disaster, is that what it was called? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I found absolutely fascinating. So, you know, an interview with him would be amazing, but obviously there'd be way too much stuff to cover. I think Satya would be really interesting, obviously, but then there's other people that would just blow my mind, like Elon, mm. getting Elon Musk on the show, mm-hmm. and Bezos, Jeff Bezos, I'd love to talk to about the early formation and the ideas around AWS mm-hmm. and what really sort of birthed cloud computing mm-hmm. as we know it today, at least. You know, not technically birthed it, but you know what I mean? Like the modern, the what we think of now as cloud computing really came from Amazon, right? Yeah, what was the critical so, um, mass moment? Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, what the tipping point. The right? tipping point, yeah. And so there's a few people like that that I think would be fascinating you know, but to 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 land people like that would have to put some work in, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, that was like it was with Scott Guthrie. I mean, I think we tried for maybe three years. Six months. Uh, we, I know we. Oh, was it? We talked off and on, reaching out to do different events, and there was a couple times when That's we were right. going to we That's were going right. to interview him at a specific conference, and something happened. And he, they let us know like the night before, saying, "No, he's not going to be here tomorrow. He's leave. He we have to send. He has to go back." to Redmond to address something. And That's he right. left the very next morning and we're like, okay, we can't talk about this that was on the show because something happened. And, and I don't remember what it was. I don't know if we ever found out what it mm. was. Some of these interviews do take a long time to kind of line up. Julia White took some time to line up as well. And was one was Sacha as well. I would love, to, I'd love to talk to Sacha. I guess, you know, one that we should probably should even try and do is, there's a bunch that we should have trying to do that with people at Microsoft and also like in the industry that we should sit down and talk to. But there is one thing that I do want to call out that I think we should definitely call out before, well, we should definitely call it out regardless that, you know, one of the things that makes it really easy for us to do this show and to make it worthwhile is we've got, over the years, we've had a bunch of different sponsors. We've had a handful of different sponsors. Some are not with us anymore. Some of them, our very first sponsor, Valid. I know that some of those guys still listen to the show. I I believe they still listen to the show. You know, they were very helpful to us us in in helping us get the show off the ground. Mm. It does cost some money to put the show on, but that's not, we're not doing it for the money. It's not a full-time job kind of a thing. But the guys that are with us right now, Nintex and Avpoint and Sharegate and Raygun, I mean, these guys are, one of the neatest things about this that I don't know if our listeners really realize it is that 
none of our sponsors put any pressure on us to do or say anything or to not yeah. do or not say anything, which is kind of surprising when you listen to what you and I say. I'm surprised that some of them don't say, yeah, you guys can kind of dial it back a little bit, you know, on certain, on certain <laughs> things. And some of them, some of them all the time, and some of them at different times, even work pretty darn hard about promoting the show and doing stuff to try yeah. and help us push the show forward. Yep. For sure. And they've been with us for years. Yeah. Like literally years in some cases. And uh, we're very fortunate to have them continue that support and give us the support to be able to pull us off. And we wouldn't be able to do it without them. Certainly not as easily. We wouldn't be able to get the help with the show. And that really, really helps us a hell of a lot. I hope everybody understands and at least can, they can tell, all you listeners out there, you can tell how independent we are from our sponsors and how independent they are from us. And it just, it always surprises me and always impresses me too, that they just, like, we want to sponsor the show, but they don't tell us what to do. I mean, every once in a while, somebody will reach out and go, hey, we have this new product release and we'd like to, we'd like to highlight it. It's like, absolutely. We can change the recording that you guys, that we play for, or we play your, your ad spot. I mean, that's an easy one to do, but would you like to talk about something? Would you like to come on the show? Yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, they, we just, you know, between all of them, Avpoint's done this when we had Ducks on the show, Nintex when Ryan Duguid was there and he sat down with us, Sharegate the same way. We've talked to Ben Nyland. And we're going to have another show. We're going to do with them soon. And Raygun talking about performance. I mean, it's just... We had JD on the show, the founder of Raygun. But there's yeah. no, like, agenda. That's the That's been the coolest thing about no, it. Is we just... No. There's no agenda that is self-serving to their company or to them, is what I mean. They have, We have an agenda. We sit down it's, and talk about something, but we don't... It's not like an ad, a paid ad spot. When we've asked them to come on the show as well, they've been the first to raise their hands and say, yeah, but we don't want to talk about us as a company. That's always been surprising, right? You know, because they, you know, they don't want it to be a sales pitch. You know, nobody enjoys. We get bombarded in those every day. So there's been no pressure from us on that stuff. And I'd say the opposite of pressure. Like they've been, we've wanted to make sure that we support them being sponsors of our show. Uh, the way they support us. And so they've been awesome. Yeah, it really has been. Really, really good. It's been really good. Yeah. It's been great. So we've done a little bit of the good. We've done a little bit of the bad on the episodes and everything. Any other behind the scenes stuff that you want to share with our listeners? Uh, How's that for springing it on you? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Where are you thinking about going with this? I don't really know. I just kind of decided to throw it out there to see. Okay. No, I, I have, like, overall, I have... I have absolutely loved doing this yeah. for the seven and a half years. It's just flown by, strangely, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, you look at it and you go, holy cow, how the hell have we managed to do this for seven and a half years? There has never been a moment. There's been the odd week here and there where I've thought, man, I've got to, we've got to do this again. But the vast majority have not been like that at all. And I love being able to get together once a week and doing this. So, no, I haven't had any, like, really really, really solidly prolonged down periods where I've thought this is terrible and wanted to give up. What is the hardest thing about doing this show? How's that? And if you don't know off the top of your head, I can can do that. No, I've got an easy one for this. Feeling like we're giving the audience value. I find myself caught up second guessing myself or ourselves, I suppose, that we're giving the audience enough of what they deserve Mm -hmm. and thinking, are we doing a good enough job for them? That's what gives me pause sometimes. That's not one of mine. And the reason for that is that 
I'm going to fumble my words on this one, but I really hope that the message comes across the right way. A long time ago, when it comes to work-related things, so delivering on a project, presenting at a conference, teaching a class, writing a book, writing a blog post, whatever, I have very high standards for myself. And not like I have a specific bar I want to meet, but I have a very hard time when I finish with something, when I do something or when I finish with something that I can look back at it and say, that was my best. And so I'm always a little, I never feel like I've ever hit that thing. Like I always, one of the things I try and teach my kids is like, you know, you always want to have that bar that you're trying to reach, but you never want to hit it. You never want to hit it. You always want to be striving for it because the second you hit it, that's when you sit there and you take a, you take a step back and you downshift or you, up, you upshift or whatever it is. You just take a, you take a step back and you, you don't have to sit there and push as hard. And that's how I live my life professionally over the last, 20 years or so. And so when I come to something like this, that when I present it, I always have, I now like am comfortable with, I'm not meeting my standard. And we all got, we all got our off days, but I know I'm not meeting my standard. I'm not going to finish something and go, that was an awesome episode. Like I could count on how many times that we finished an episode and I can say that was an awesome episode to me. I can, I can count on one hand and still have fingers yeah. left over, but I also recognize that a lot of people are going to be like, I love the show. I'm like, you like that episode? It's like, that's what was in my head. So that I don't share the same feeling with that because I've kind of sure. finally accepted that. But the hardest thing for me, I think, is the time zone that you and I end up having to deal with. Oh, yeah. Because you're, we record this at 8.30 in the morning Pacific time, 11.30 in the morning or 8 a.m. Yeah. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Yep. Yeah, you're eight, we do it at 8 a.m. It's on the counter. It keeps telling us when to do it. We're not doing it today. Today, I decided, like, hey, I'm in the middle of something. I need to punt this later in the day. Yeah, yeah. But for me, like, that's the hardest thing for me because but you, we can't find, there's no happy medium to it because one of us is going to have, it's going to impact us negatively or positively in one way. For you, it's first thing yeah. in the morning. So it's 8 a.m., you roll in. Many times we've done this show and I've seen one of your kids or your wife bring you breakfast while we're in the middle of the show. And I'm like, damn it, I could, yeah. I could totally yeah. do another cup of coffee, even though... It's 11 o'clock in the morning for me, but it's also... I'm not an early riser. See... And I gave up coffee. Yeah. So it's almost like we're backwards (laughs) because I am an early riser and I'm on. Like if it was eight o'clock for me, I'd be wide awake. I'd be totally cool. But the hard part for me is that being 11 is almost like in the middle of my day and it puts this interruption in. So I know that every Thursday I've got like a two, two hour, two and a half hour, like just gap in my day that is going to be filled with podcast and lunch. And gotcha. yeah. it gets challenging. Yeah, I know what you mean. So it's, but that's the, that's yeah. the hardest part for me that, that we go. I wonder how, I've always wondered how many of our listeners can pick up on the fact that we are, our energy level is so different. Like, I don't know if it is, but I wonder if they pick up. I would imagine quite a few. There's been a few episodes where we started off with where you're like Beavis and Butthead high on caffeine. <laughs> Right, you're running around like bouncing on mattresses. Yeah, I've had so much caffeine. That I, I've had so yeah. much coffee. I can I can hear what you're thinking right now, CJ. Exactly. And I'll walk in and be like, "Oh, yeah, the skiing yesterday morning." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very true. Very true. It's fun. I, yeah, but overall, I think overall, I'm I'm absolutely chuffed that we've managed to keep it going this long, and and um, that I. Enjoy doing it. I do too. I do too. No, no plans to to stop doing the show. You know what? How about this? I have an ask, uh, not of you, mm. but I have an ask for our listeners. Just like a blog, just like a you do a presentation at a conference, do a podcast. A lot of times you don't get any feedback. You get no feedback. Yeah. Like we just got somebody who who 
we put the episode out with Julie Turner and Mark Anderson, and we had somebody that came back and they took the time to to send us something on Twitter. What do you guys think? Not just like give us your opinion of the show, but what do you want? What would you like to hear us do? You've got yeah. two people that aren't terribly creative here at times. And thankfully we do news shows. And so the news just kind of like helps us fill our, our agenda for what we're going to talk about that day. But what kinds of things would you, would, that we're not doing today that you would like to hear? Are there specific interviews or there specific people that you think that we should reach out to, to get on the show? Are there specific yeah. topics that we should yeah. tackle to get on the show or maybe do like a format, like a panel or something like that? Yeah, for sure. Should we do a solo, like, I just want to hear what AC, I just want to hear AC on a show one day and no CJ, or I want to hear the vice versa. I don't want AC anymore. Like actually take him off the show for a few episodes and just do CJ for a while. I mean, I would love it if you guys would share that with us specifically. That'd be awesome. Tweet us at MS cloud show. I'm at Andrew Connell. CJ is at complicated. No, he's at, C underscore F underscore Johnson. <laughs> okay, here's another challenge for our listeners. Find me a good Twitter handle. Oh my God. Because I can't. Loungefly Z. Uh, that didn't make any sense. But we knew it was you. Oh, really? Okay, maybe I have to switch back. Well, no, that's going to, you can't do that. Once you've gone, once you switch one way, you can't, you can't. You can't go back? You can't, you can't do that. I mean, it, it, that you're going to confuse people again. Like what happened to CF Johnson? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but I would love to hear from our listeners on what they would like to see change about the show, if anything. If not, just tell us to keep doing what we're doing. Because I often feel like, yeah, we're speaking into a into a void for long periods of time. And we often I often wonder, like, do people like this? Do they dislike this? Should we be doing more of this, less of that? All this sort of stuff. So are they even listening? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see the download but num- one thing. You see the download numbers, but you know, that that downloads on the phone. I know my phone has got a bunch of podcasts that I download that I don't listen to. So Yeah, it's true, yeah. So one thing we have heard multiple times that people like is our picks section at the end of the show. So should we wrap this sucker up and go do some picks? I think so. I think we should do that. It's dime. AC's Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. Back to the show. All right, so who's going to go first, though, this time? How's that going to work? You are. I am? Okay. Yeah. I, you got the coolest picks, man. I have two picks. I love these picks. I have two picks. I'm gonna do, I'll am gonna do. i do both of them. Now, I'm going to do, do one of them that you know about first, and then I'm going to do the second one, which is just, to me, was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so I know you have a Raspberry Pi. I forget what it's called, but you have a Raspberry Pi that's hooked up to an antenna that tracks the transponders yeah. of aircraft in the area. For flight aware and flight radar. and Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So this dude got a satellite dish and was able to download the radio telemetry from a Falcon 9, a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket as it was going up when it was sending the telemetry back to SpaceX on the ground. And he kind of showed how he did it. So cool, isn't it? I texted this to CJ earlier today. I was like, hey, you know that project you have? All right, time to level that up and get your ass to Florida. (laughs) Yeah, no joke, man. So this is actually, weirdly enough, this is using very similar bits of tech that are used to receive and decode the ADS-B transponder signals for aircraft as they go overhead on your house. There's different frequencies involved and things like that, but it's pretty similar kind of technique. So, um, But yeah, this guy sort of stepped it up to the next level and has figured out these SpaceX uh, broadcasts and, and decoded them. That is cool. Okay. Yeah. So my second one, this one... 
I saw this and started reading and just started digging in. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So, you know, an emoji is just a certain characters, a certain string of characters that computers and phones and everything, they recognize and they can do a little image instead of doing just writing the text out, right? Yeah. It's particular Unicode characters. Yeah. So this dude like was kind of like, hey, let's, he said, you know, not long ago, I decided it'd be a brilliant idea to buy the domain name Netflix.soy. It's like, okay, there's probably better ways of spending 17 pounds, $17 is pounds. But he, but he, he said, I learned a lot about domain names, including that it's possible to have an emoji domain like smileyface.ws. So it's a, it's a pretty hard, you know, it's hard to go along, you know, seeing emojis, you know, not to see emojis somewhere on the internet. So he wondered, I wonder if I could buy a, an emoji domain. Long story short, the title of his blog post is I bought 300 emoji domain names from Kazakhstan and I built an email <laughs> service. And sure enough, if you send an email to well, he was able to prove it out that if you if he sent an email to Ben at and use the mailbox emoji dot ws, yeah, yeah, he figured out how you can actually get it to show up, and so he built an email service of where this worked and sells the forwarding service and makes fourteen hundred dollars a year off this. Wow, I, I'm surprised it works. I didn't realize the it probably doesn't work everywhere, but that I'm surprised that the email RFC supports. Unicode characters for the in the address in the to to and from sections and things. So there's some funny parts to this whole thing. Like he talks about how he got it working and stuff, and then he was like, "This is where things then got out of control." And he's like, he basically summarizes his blog post. He's like, "This was me going down a rabbit hole, and I found other rabbit holes in the rabbit hole, and I just kept going. This got out of control." And he's like, "Where things really got out of control is when I wondered. I wonder if my emoji email address was great and all, but." What would be better if I could just have it without a dot at the end? So could I just be Ben at star? Like the emoji of a star? Oh, right. He's like, how do I get one yeah. of those? And then he started going through trying to figure it up. And he's like, wait a minute, what if I can do like special characters? And so I'm going to go get Facebook dot with these Chinese characters. And he goes, oh, and then Mark Zuckerberg actually snatched it out from under me, a cheek, cheeky bugger. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, top level domain, like trying to get the smiley faces. You know, like AC at smiley face. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. So he went through and he the blog post uh, shows it and how he actually was able to buy a bunch of them over from Kazakhstan. That actually ended up being the best way for him to get a hold of them. There's a reason why and you should go take a look at it. It's pretty cool. That's funny. Very interesting. I don't even know you could, yeah, I don't know you could do that. I bet there's some email clients that you crash their email client when you send them one of these things. It's a, well, <laughs> it's like a redirection kind of a service to where some of them, like he tried the yeah. first time and it just kind of went into the hole and then it was like, uh. So he, he was able yeah. to finally figure yeah. out how he got it working, but it's called Melogy. Melogy. Yeah. So Melogy. Huh. How about you? Crazy. All right. I've got two picks today. The first one is if you don't know about, The sailing that is currently going on, Mm. the America's Cup World Series is on in Auckland, New Zealand at the moment. And even if you're not into sailing, you should check out the video I've posted, which is of the first race of the finals that are currently going on. It's It's the best of 13 races, right? So it's first to seven wins. And they've had two races. Today is the next two. But if you haven't seen these boats, they will blow your mind. Hmm. And... They are single hull, the foiling monohulls, which means they're basically like hydrofoils, right? They they pop up out of the water and sail on these foils that go under the water. 
But these boats have two foils. One comes up out of the water when it's not being used and then swings back down like these arms that go into the water. Right. They look kind of goofy, but man, these things fly. It is unreal. I think I've mentioned this on the show previously when the Prada Cup was on, but the finals are on now. If you haven't checked it out, check this video out. It'll just boggle your mind how fast they... They're going four times the speed of the wind. Oh my God. Yeah. So how fast is that? Yeah. 40 knots, roughly. So 40 to 50 knots, which is like 60 miles an hour. Good God. Yeah. And they're, they're not small boats. No. They're pretty big. And the different teams have designed them differently, but so each boat is slightly different, obviously. But they've got a, a helmsman, right, who sits in there and mans the helm, who's basically, he's the dude steering. Then they've got another guy who's responsible for flying the boat, who some boats, I think Team New Zealand uses a um, beefed-up Xbox controller. <laughs> and like they've, no, they've literally, I'm not joking, they've literally taken an Xbox controller, ruggerized it, turned it, you know, made it, capable of surviving, being submerged underwater and all that, and fly the boat with an Xbox controller. And that includes, you know, the pitch of the various foil elements. The rudder, for example, has a has the pitch element, so they can pitch the boat down or or up to make it higher or lower in the water and it sails along. And you see this thing going and you just like, holy smoke. The most impressive part is when it all comes unstuck. It's actually really dangerous, right? But they sometimes don't get it right and things go very haywire very fast. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just incredible to see these things flying around the, on the water. As you're talking about it, I'm watching, um, I'm watching the video that, that we're going to have in the show notes. And it is amazing to see like the entire boat out of the water with just the rudder in the back. And the foils now on the side, and it's yeah, it's not. And when we when we stop recording, crank up the the audio and just listen. They whistle. They're going so fast. They just like, and there's this high pitch whistling going on because of the how fast they're moving through the wind. They don't have keels, right? They've got these enormous sails, and it's just a massive uh, engineering feat. That's nuts. That's a good pick. So that's the first pick I've got. Go check those out. There's another article which is not quite as exciting, but might get people excited, I suppose. There's an article called Excel Never Dies, the spreadsheet that launched a million companies. <laughs> it's really long, but it basically goes through the history of Excel and how it all came to be and how it's impacted. Like, can you imagine running a business today without Excel? Nobody can, mm-hmm. right? The concept of what Excel did, like people who were not programmers were building complex models, financial models, accounting, doing all sorts of stuff in Excel. And it blows your mind even to this day what you see people doing in Excel. So this person has written about the formation of Excel and what it's used for, the spreadsheet wars behind, you know, between things like VisiCalc and SuperCalc and Lotus123 and and things like that. And I got some videos here on the backstory of it and just how how far it's come. Actually, strangely enough, now a friend of yours and mine, Brian Jones, mm. is the head of Excel at Microsoft. And I saw a post just the other day on LinkedIn, Excel is getting track changes. Really? Finally. Yeah, he posted about that on LinkedIn. We might have to have Brian on to talk about Excel because I suspect it's one of those topics that you're like, this is going to be the most boring topic ever. <laughs> but then you dig into some of the backstory stuff about Excel and just how many people use it and all the crazy and wacky stuff people are doing. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if there's an Excel spreadsheet on 
the Mars rover. It would surprise me if there was not. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Stuff like that, right? There's just all these weird, like, you're like, oh, yeah, of course there is. That holds the, you know, the, I don't know, the frequency modulation, blah, blah, blahs, mm. something like that. Yeah. Right? And um, some of them would be horrifying and some of them would be really interesting. But, uh, I mean, it's possibly, maybe outside of Windows, the most used software in the world. I would come close to saying it's it's got to be in the top three. Longest? In terms of minutes, like used used app minutes or hours or days or whatever you want to call okay, it. Okay, so that's where I was going with that. So most collective minutes used or most, like how long this yeah. app has been used. I mean, it goes back to Excel predates Windows, doesn't it? Does it? VisiCalc, didn't they buy VisiCalc? That was pre-Windows. Yeah, it was like DOS days, wasn't I it? I think so. I thought, well, I don't, yeah. yeah. This is the fact check part of the show. Something like that. I bet... I bet we could get Brian on and be like, okay, how many billions of, oh yeah, okay, VisiCalc launched 1979. Oh yeah, it predates Windows. <laughs> 42 years ago. Crazy, huh? That predates that predates Microsoft, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Even my, Micro Spacesoft. I think Microsoft was 76. I think it was 76, yeah. Something like that. It certainly predates the moving to the Seattle area, they were in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, I should know this. This is terrible that I don't know. Microsoft, here we go, founded 75, April 4th, 1975, oh. in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm. So yeah, VisiCalc, Lotus 1, 2, 3, like when was that founded? That was initial release, oh, that's not as old, 1983. I think VisiCalc was like the first kind of, the first one. VisiCalc stood for Visible Calculator. <laughs> I tell you what, an invisible calculator would be pretty bloody useless, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure somebody could do something with it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so um, yeah, I suspect Excel is Excel might be might be one of the most top used most used bits of software, perhaps outside of operating systems. Maybe if you exclude OSs, I'd love to know that. I bet Brian will know exactly how many billions of minutes per day are consumed looking at spreadsheets. Mm. I bet they've got that telemetry. That's nuts. Curious, huh? Yeah, it is. We should definitely get Brian on the show, though. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. It's not one of those things like, oh, yeah, let's talk about Excel. But I just think there's probably a lot of really interesting backstories on that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, the trivia. Brian, you got to come with some trivia. <laughs> yeah, bring some numbers and mind-boggling facts. Well, yeah. You have to bring Brilliant. numbers. If we're talking about Excel, you have to bring lots of numbers. Yeah. Bring a spreadsheet of numbers. 64 bits of numbers, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I want to see numbers in column A through to ZZ and down to the row limit, whatever that is these days. Million rows or whatever it is. Yeah. Nuts, man. All right, I see. Happy birthday. 500 episodes. I'm just kidding. 400. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that again. Yeah, yeah, man. This has been a lot of fun. And I'm thrilled that you, that you brought this up a long time ago. I'm glad we've... Stuck with it. I'm looking forward to continuing on with this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. to the next 100. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't feel long ago that we were celebrating 100. It doesn't feel long ago we were celebrating 100. we got 100. the wives on. It doesn't feel long ago we were doing 200. 300 doesn't sound that, doesn't feel like that long ago. Like these, it's almost like we're, it's kind of like when you get older and the episodes just start falling off. They just keep going down. We have to keep going. We have to yeah. stay ahead of all of our peers, right? <laughs> all the people that are doing That's like, right. that are doing shows. We, yeah. we got to stay ahead of them. All these young upstarts that are nipping at our heels. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good one. Thanks for 400. I've loved it. And here's to the next 100. Absolutely. And same here. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Catch you next time. Take care. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. It helps people find out about our show and grow our audience, and we'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com forward slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or MP3 and provide us a link so we can play it on the show. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to microsoftcloudshow.com, where you'll get notices of each episode, as well as the show notes sent to you directly each week. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening.